All right, guys, we uh, we are now ready to do uh, our second installment here of the Anthony Bourdain podcast. We ended off, um, I think we were... About to talk about Asia Argento. Yeah, we're about to talk about Asia Argento and her shenanigans. Get ready for part two coming up right now. And thank you for coming to die. Pod. <laughs> oh, all right. Carciofia la romana, prosciutto a Grazie. Yeah. I love this place. I want to die here already. And I might yet. Now we get to the chapter that I call Argento and Me 2. Hello. Oh my God. Are we talking about Asia Argento? Yeah, or Asia. So Asia's not a, is that even like bad that I'm saying that? No. Yeah, it, it's spelled like Asia. It's spelled like Asia. I think it's Asia. Asia. <laughs> I see ya. I see ya. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Yeah, wouldn't want to be you. <laughs> so Asia Argento and Anthony Bourdain met while filming an episode of Parts Unknown in Rome. Oh, that same episode. Roma. No, different show. Yeah, different show. Not the not the black yeah, and not white. The different show, different one. woman. Oh, so he actually meets all his women on the Italian themed. It's like a episode of yeah. his show. Well, I think he's got a thing for the Italiana woman. He does. If he only listened to the Travel Channel, saying you can't go abroad. Yeah, because all these broads. Nice. Trying to ruin your life. <laughs> this is Kyle's joke corner. Uh, yeah, he'll yeah. be in the Catskills next week. <laughs> Hello. Hey. So, Asia uh, Argento is an actress, director, yeah, singer, multi hyphen, and activist, and pedophile, pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> See now, now well, you're making me laugh. <laughs> I don't. It's it's a guy that she's accused of going after. So us as former, you know, teen guys, we uh I don't know. Would like to bang we would an like older to, hot We would chick. like to be in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would not be calling the cops. 100%. I'd be calling my buddies. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, you won't guess, believe who guess I just what banged. Happened. Yeah, you see Triple X? Gather around, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know Dario Argento? <laughs> His daughter. Yeah. Listen to this. Yeah, her father, <laughs> horror director. Yeah. Dario Argento. Yep. Yeah. Suspiria. Of course. Yeah. He's a very talented horror director. We have a clip of this episode. Yeah, and do. they're having a very interesting discussion about Mussolini. Know what I'll say about some Italian girls? For some reason, they like older American and English. Uh, well-known gentle artist artists yeah gentle folk tom york he's got some like younger uh italian girlfriend and stuff from his after his, his first marriage thumb yeah however you're pronouncing <laughs> that <laughs> but anyway go ahead borneo 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 if I, there's a little uh, freshness inside each one of you too um Look, visit the states these days. It's uh, it's coming back. It's big. We all have a little fascist. Oh, in it's us. coming back in what's what coming sense? back to we're, fucking what is, fascism. Uh, we're, we're looking. We're looking for so a man on a horse to make everything better. Yes, but we always have yes. humans. Always have God figure, father figure that is going to tell you what to do. People in Italy, you know, in Rome, still love Mussolini. 
What they happened love him? Again, as I recall, uh, uh, he got hanged upside down in Milan, Piazza de Loreto, and everybody would go there and throw stones. What a turnaround. I mean, he, one time so popular, and then... That's what happens with all the idols, you know. With, you create them so you can destroy them. Wow. That's how it ends. That's what we do with our idols. We create them so we can destroy them. And that's what she did to Anthony Bourdain? Precisely. She didn't create him, but she destroyed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that really what we're rounding about to here? That's the irony there. Yeah. On that same episode, this is a footnote, also featured director Abel Ferrara, who at the time had just made the movie Pasolini. Oh, connection time. And over a pasta dish, he tells Anthony Bourdain about filming the big orgy scene in it. Wow. And he was just as giddy as Willem Dafoe. Well, give us a timeline here. That's 2016. This is 2016. And Pasolini's killed 2017? Pasolini was killed in the 70s. 70s. (laughs) Mark, where were you during that episode? (laughs) That movie was filmed possibly in 2015. Where were were all of us during that episode? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's what I meant. Yeah, Pasolini died. The movie was made. Abel Ferrara. Yeah, the bad lieutenant director. Yeah, who also directed Willem Dafoe in that movie. Pasolini Pasolini. was 2014. Okay. Yeah. And the real Pasolini. You know, died Please stand in, up in seventy four. <laughs> Please stand up, because I'm the real Pasolini. You gotta really be Eminem to pull off the saying that. November second, nineteen seventy five. There we go. Okay. So yeah, everything kind of connects in the die pod world. Of course, the die universe. Yeah. Yes. The multiverse. <laughs> yeah, the multiverse. <laughs> Asia, Asia, Asia. I hate this name. I know. Why I don't just people want to just say have, Asia? I find I recently found out that uh, Timothy Chalamet is like Timothy oh, or something God. like that. It's like it's not supposed to be pronounced Timothy. like Timothy. Like, oh yeah, something God. like like you're from fucking New York. Just have a regular name, you fuck. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Like I'll say Demi instead of Demi. We've been, but that's we've as been, far as I've been conditioned to say Demi more. <laughs> Since we were kids. Yeah. So Asya and Anthony begin a whirlwind romance after that episode. Right after that episode. And you can see in that clip, it looks like he's falling in love with her. The way yeah. he's staring at her. Yeah, of course. How couldn't you? He was so into her that he would overcompliment her all the time. Like there's a clip where he keeps going on and on about her parking ability. Like the way you just parallel parked in Rome that one time. What? And eventually she's like, okay, okay, we get it. And he keeps saying In the it. documentary Dude. they talk about yeah. that. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck? It was weird. It's like a small mundane <laughs> task. Like she's really great at paper clipping. Yeah. She's awesome. You should see her paper mache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he asked his ex-wife, Otavia, to please stop posting pics with him in it so as not to make Asia feel insecure. And the ex-wife was like, okay, I guess I'll comply. Wow. But it was a Because he was going back home request. with the daughter and stuff, and they were having family time. And then yeah. she was posting pictures. Do you think maybe, I don't know, I'm playing devil's advocate here, pushed back. Do you think maybe that the wife was maybe trying to start something there? Also? No. 
No, not, not at, at all. all. Okay, it's like Phil Hartman and Bryn Hartman. So where Bryn Asha Hartman, is the Bryn. R- yeah, writes the letter to the ex-wife <laughs> oh, yeah, saying, yeah. "Don't contact Phil." Yeah, she she's, she's making a request you. to yeah. Bourdain, saying, "Like, can you, I don't want to see pictures of you and the ex-wife anymore on social media because wow. I'm your girl." Now. Well, don't follow her then. Well, it's not that easy. Apparently not. <laughs> In emails, even though it should be, yeah. <laughs> in emails, Bourdain always referred to Asia Asia as that crazy Italian actress instead of her name. Ooh. And friends started to get worried about him. Bourdain would say that the relationship was going to end very, very badly. Not wrong. His behavior started to change significantly. Everything revolved around Asia. When one director fell ill during the production of Parts Unknown, Asia stepped right in to direct the episode in Hong Kong. What? And it, it's not an easy task to direct these episodes. Like, you really have to rein in a lot of shit, you know, wrangle with a lot of, you know, locals and stuff and deal with a lot. The fixers, they call them. The way they create, they make the look. Yeah, the fixers. They're like people that are like good at like talking to people. Yeah. Know the area. And they had a couple set directors that had been there since day one. This whole crew has been there forever. Yeah. So to just step in and direct, it's like a machine. Someone else could have done that better even to fill in for the usual director. Yeah. You know, she directs. Where's the AD for this? Like, what the hell's going on? He was there. They had a set way of doing things that you know they all it, it was like a machine mm-hmm. they knew how to do it everything was in place and then she was i'm i hate to say it she was the yoko that came in and was like fucking with and you he went loco for her coco oh here we go go yeah. <laughs> another rhyming word producer helen cho <laughs> recalled one instance where in hong kong during this episode in the middle of a conversation with an asylum seeker Bourdain uncharacteristically interrupted him so that they could set up a better shot like they were filming some fictional movie. Yeah. And Helen Cho says that Bourdain would never have done that in the past. The look on his face in the documentary, he's like, he's like, I can't believe this is happening now because this guy is like pouring his guts out. The thing about hope is that, and then Bourdain's like, uh, hold the thought. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get a better and then shot he's here. talking to Asya again. Like, what, do you want us to move over here? Oof. It's, it's so weird. I, can't, wow. I almost could not finish the documentary. It's hard to watch. And then Asya had a disagreement with a guy named Zach Zamboni. How do you like, <laughs> you like that alliteration? They call him Zachy the Zamboni, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He, he melts a, ice. Then he got iced. Because he was a longtime <laughs> cinematographer who was fired after having a disagreement with Asya. Wow. And he was there forever. Yeah. She started messing with the yep. with the machine. The Beatles are now the <laughs> Go on. The something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question mark and the mysterious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the same thing. She fucked it up. They, yeah. She had a good working, well-oiled machine, and Asha comes in, fucks it up. Nobody on the crew liked her. Yeah. You ever see that clip of um, John Lennon playing with Chuck Berry, and Yoko is in the background and just goes, yeah, 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 ye
<laughs> and Chuck Berry's like, the look on his. I'm, I'm like, gonna kill this bitch. Like, what the fuck? You, you gotta take care of your girl here. Yeah, that's Yoko. that's what's happening now. She with really this. is loco because anytime she performs, they're like, please welcome Yoko Ono, and then she'll say like, this is a song I wrote about poverty. Yeah, and then she takes a breath and goes. <laughs> yeah, that documentary, the Apple one, that Peter, oi, 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 that, Pe- that Peter Jackson uh, directed, that Apple documentary about that. She's just like Awful. they're screaming, and then Paul in the, the middle of a museum. Yeah, and <laughs> no, that's somewhat no, appropriate. But also right? later they're in the studio, and then yep. Paul's young, like eight-year-old daughter comes in and starts making fun of her doing that noise. Also. <laughs> what are you gonna say to the kid you know yeah exactly fuck it (laughs) even the kid knows yeah something's off i know there's something more going on there this is not real music yeah it's trash you gotta get lost (laughs) this is a no-go on yoko please (laughs) i don't like this coco no more Mm -mm. Um, no no in 2017 let's hear about chocho in 20 in 2017 Asia became a leader in the hashtag MeToo movement because in an October 2017 New Yorker piece by Ronan Farrow, she made sexual assault allegations against Harvey Weinstein. Yep. That's when all that blew up. Although later she added that she did have consensual sex with him after that. Oh, my God. But that's not related. Not this to... chick is the worst. No, hold on. Oh, though. so you have consensual sex with your rapist? Yes, but she was under his spell. Yeah. Well, we're not backing up Harvey Weinstein at all, but also, <laughs> well, she has. You a... aren't Mark. This Kyle, is... What's your position? My name is Mark Volcarin. This is Honcho <laughs> Dowling, and I love Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> no, this, this is, is definitely entertainment. This is not. Uh... <laughs> Me saying that Harvey Weinstein is in the right at all. I believe he's probably very creepy, but she seems to me to like put the, it lightly the proper amount of crazy to know that I'm going to fuck this guy on purpose and become a celebrity. Yeah. The casting couch that we talked about in the Maryland episode. Yeah. The town bicycle. <laughs> what? But everyone gets a ride. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> Kyle's it, having a stroke right Point blank. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it wasn't consensual, and then it was consensual. But how could you have consensual sex with someone you had non-consensual sex with previously? You don't have consensual sex with your rapist. Well, he, well here's the thing. He's you ha- shouldn't. No, that should be a no-no. I think he's hanging over these poor girls or poor people or whoever it is. Maybe the plan, too. He said he's going to make your career for you and yeah. if you do X. I know someone that knew Harvey very well and she refused to sleep with him and it's just crazy to be like he was all about her like bringing her to the office all the time and stuff he tried to do some weird shit she said no and it's like right after that Jennifer Lawrence becomes super famous (laughs) and it's like (gasps) allegedly supposedly the nude photos that were leaked Never mind. I couldn't believe it. Never mind. When you told me that. No, we should say say anything. Yes. I never said anything. Okay. So what did somebody (laughs) tell you at some point? She told me that supposedly the nude photos that Jennifer Lawrence sent out were supposed to be sent to Harvey Weinstein. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) The fappening? (laughs) That's crazy how that worked out. Oscar winning Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Friend of the show. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Come on the show and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Shout out to J-Law. 
we have the same birthday. You and Jennifer Lawrence? Me, Jennifer Lawrence, and Ben Affleck. Really? Oh. Same birthday, yeah. Well, you guys should be in a movie. And together. Napoleon, not <laughs> Dynamite, the actual <laughs> French dictator. <laughs> How long have you had that line? I wrote that in <laughs> 1985, before I was born. Yeah, in the womb. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no pop culture references as a fetus right now, but I, I know exactly what's going to be relevant. And I'm sure there yeah. will be an indie flick that. Yeah. Uses I know exactly what will be relevant in 2022. <laughs> Not even 2022, 2004. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I share a birthday with Conan O'Brien. Hello. And James Woods. How's that? Both staples of the Northeast. (laughs) Yeah, very New New England scumbags. (laughs) And I've seen one of them at the casino a couple of times. Same. I'll let you decide which one. I I couldn't picture Conan going to a a casino. No. Um, Asia was... However, dissatisfied with the way that Ronan Farrow's article was written, stating that it was too simplified. Months later, on May 20th, 2018, she made an impassioned speech at the Cannes Film Festival. And we have a clip of that. In 1997, I was raped by Harvey Weinstein here at Cannes. I was 21 years old. This festival was his hunting ground. So this is at the festival in front of all the big guns in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Driver, they keep cutting to, listening to this. And everybody looks horrified as she's yelling. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world tune in to hometown ghost stories live on youtube every tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted i want to make a prediction harvey weinstein will never be welcomed here ever again He will live in disgrace, shunned by a film community that once embraced him and covered up for his crimes. (laughs) He's like, oh, fuck. And even tonight, sitting among you, there are those who still have to be held accountable for their conduct against women, for a behavior that does not belong in this industry, does not belong in any industry or workplace. You know who you are. But yeah, most importantly, you. we know who you are. And we're not going to allow you to get away with it any longer. So that gives you a little flavor of her activism. Yeah, it does go to show a little bit of um, how terrified so many people there were because there weren't even pockets of clapping between no. her. Like, there is they were of- probably like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like you uh, saw Adam Driver slinking into his seat, yeah. not wanting to be seen. Yeah. Because they're all there. Yeah, they to put have the camera it. right in his face. They're there to celebrate themselves well, and have got a good a lot time. Of, he's got a lot of face to show. Yeah. Well, a lot of <laughs> schnoz to show. Hello. Well, it's France also. The nose knows. Keep in mind. It, it, nice. Uh, keep it, <laughs> You're welcome. It's France. Nobody's you know, they, they, they kind of like are on the fence about mm-hmm. a lot of kind of like. Well, the French don't give a shit. They're like, what are you talking about? It's I, called courting. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew is there. <laughs> He's like, 
That is called a date. (laughs) (laughs) I call that first base. (laughs) (laughs) That is a dinner with oysters and foie gras. I stick my dick in shellfish. <laughs> shellfish is... to get me. Yeah. I put on a show with the sexual <laughs> shellfish. Jerking off into a potted plant. That is how you say hello. <laughs> yeah. That is how you ask for the check. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, everyone wants to disappear in that room. Yeah. Because they're there to give the palm door to whatever fucking whatever shit Adam so, Driver yeah. movie is playing at that time. Patterson or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. some nonsense movie. That's good soup. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was just to give you an idea of her activism. She was a leading force at that time in the movement. And so Anthony Bourdain is her boyfriend. Yeah. In the middle of all this. Sticky situation. So he goes into it <laughs> full frontal. He dives right in to support her. <laughs> On October 6th, 2017... Bourdain shared a Daily Beast article on his social media titled Hollywood's Loud Silence on Harvey Weinstein's Sexual Harassment Allegations. And then he tweeted, nauseating chicken-hearted enablers all. Yeah, to give some context, this this is the time that they were really turning up the temperature on Harvey Weinstein. And everybody. And everyone. Rose McGowan was tweeting Matt Damon and Ben Affleck saying, how's your morning, boys? Like she's planning to get them somehow. Yeah, well, Rose McGowan, she had legitimate beefs, of course. Of course. With the U2 stuff. She also went crazy. She did. She was also... Fucking. Now she's like a Donald Trumper or something. Yeah, but I know that's how fucked up she was from all the abuse. She got caught with cocaine in Hollywood, in, in North Carolina, and she said it had something to do with the fact that she dimed on uh, on Harvey Weinstein. Or oh, they geez. planted the coke on her. I don't know what's going. Like with her, I really yeah. Have if no they ever clue. catch me with coke, they planted it on me. You see? Yeah. <laughs> it's the well, pl- she has legit. It wasn't mine. Though. It's the plant. You see? <laughs> she was cocoa really, plant. She was, <laughs> they did do things like that to her sometimes. Yeah. Like to make her go crazy. Not like the gas the level, and the, stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or things like the guy at Amazon pretended like he wanted to buy her idea for a movie just so he could shut down the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that really happened. So, of course, she's really fucking pissed off. But some of that was misguided in where she turned it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't want to revisit the entire uh, YouTube um no. Uh, me, me too. too. Me, me too. too. Not Bono. You too. Yeah, yeah. Bono's has nothing to do with <laughs> the it. edge well, is in trouble. He, or does he? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And then dodging the controversy, Bourdain went on to clarify. I'm not talking about his victims. I'm talking about everyone else who knew and said nothing, who are still staying silent, end quote. And after that, he dropped a lot of friends like a hot potato, like a rotten hot potato. He stated he had little sympathy for peers like Mario Batali, who was another celebrity chef who was accused of sexual misconduct. Whose trial just ended in where of all places, Boston, Massachusetts. Beantown. Not a surprise. He was not uh, convicted. He wasn't? He was found innocent by a judge, not a jury. What? And he said, uh, even though you know, you're know you being found innocent, you do not come out of this clean. And, That's uh, what the judge said? Yeah. yeah. And he yeah, stood there with his greasy ass hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a guy 
that just looks like a fucking predator. Speaking of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> he always wore those Crocs, like colorful Crocs. Oh, did he? I'm weird. I'm... He's like, yeah, put a little rosemary in that. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, he was acquitted in the Boston sexual assault case. I don't know why was the actual assault. Did that happen in Massachusetts? Yeah, I think it was a, like a I think they were doing like a Boston. They were doing a cooking show in Boston or something. Oh, indecent assault and battery over a 2017 incident at a Back Bay restaurant. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. He's one of those, though, that just had a long history of bad behavior, which Bourdain admitted happened in the kitchens yeah. of the United but States. No shit on Bourdain. No dirt on him. Not really. But yeah. he was kind of ashamed of this, of his yeah. persona. Yeah, but it, it didn't seem point. like it manifested itself to like, you know, trying weird stuff on women. And no, like other waitresses. It was more stuff. like the turning the blind eye thing. Yeah. He accepted a lot of that sexist bullshit as just being part of the restaurant industry. Sure. So he was really grappling with his persona. Yeah. Writing that meathead Bible. Yeah. But then now wanting to do something better and being like that faux badass with the leather jacket and the earring and the mm -hmm. cigarette just being like yeah i'm a i'm crazy yeah he didn't feel like that guy anymore yeah and so asia really inspired him to become an outspoken advocate and fierce warrior for the movement he went on to rail against not only weinstein but hillary clinton what and his mistake his Wait friend, a second, he crossed the Clintons? His friend, another director from the Parts Unknown production, Mo Fallon, no relation to Jimmy Fallon. Mo Mo. Although Mo. I actually don't know that. <laughs> they could they could be brothers. I don't yeah. know. No relation to Les Fallon. And he <laughs> Mo Fallon said that Bourdain <laughs> turned into another guy. <laughs> He turned into another person entirely. Like after the Me Too thing or just after, after Asia in Asia, general? Asia. We'll, we'll never settle on a pronunciation. <laughs> no. of after meeting Asia, yes. Yeah. Oh, really? And we have a clip of him on The Daily Show in January 2018. You know, I came out of a brutal, oppressive business that was uh, historically unfriendly to women. Um, Run by you. I knew a lot of women, it turned out, who had stories about their experiences, about people I knew who did not feel I was the sort of person they could confide in. And suddenly, because of my association with uh, Asia, uh, people were talking to me. Uh, and, and in fact, I started. <laughs> I thought, I thought someone laughed. Yeah, someone, someone's got the black I'd lung like back there. I'm, I I arrived at. I was always enlightened in some way or that I'm an activist or virtuous. But in fact, uh, you know, I have to be honest with myself. Uh, I, I met one extraordinary woman with an extraordinary and painful story and uh, who introduced me to a lot of other women with extraordinary stories. And uh, suddenly it was personal. And, uh, you know, that that woke me to the extent that I ever woke up. That that certainly had an effect. If Trevor Noah was like, oh, yeah, who are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you said you met an incredible woman. <laughs> well, we're really delving into the fact that, you know, we're tearing her down a little bit, but I think she is on the shit list now yeah, because she, earned she has earned being torn down. We did just talk about the fact that she is involved in the Me Too thing, Harvey Weinstein, terrible, but it seems like she's also inflicting, uh, she's like ruining this guy's life. Some of it's his fault. That he opened himself up to it or he's that he just... was so susceptible. Yeah. 
This is classic toxic relationship. Blue yeah. pill. Yeah. I want to make sure we're, we're not attacking her. We're attacking her manipulativeness that, you know, has nothing to do with anything with the Me Too movement. Yeah, it, and even separating yourself further. Yeah. I just think it was two people coming together that shouldn't have been together, and it doesn't end well. Yeah. And there's a term called, I'm going to sound pretentious now, <laughs> like Anthony Bourdain, but surprise, surprise. he's rubbed off on me a little yeah. bit. For Lea de. Oh, which is the madness of two. <laughs> no joke. Two people enter a relationship and they share the same psychosis. Like Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Yeah. Sid Kurt and Courtney. Like Sid me and, and anyone I've ever dated. <laughs> Kyle and Kyle, whatever crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's right. I think you get infected by people in general. Mm -hmm. And it, the closest person to you, you have to... Just to go along to get along, you have to like agree with their, you know, baseline of understanding of the world. I yeah. got an infection. Oh, it hurts. And the only, <laughs> the only cure is more cowbell. More cowbell. And I got to face it. I'm addicted to love. I'm addicted to love. <laughs> this next boom, chapter boom. is called The End. <laughs> April 25th, 2018. Bourdain spent a few days in Rome with Asia during a break in filming. He's been quoted as saying, free time is bad for me. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Idle hands. Well, that I, it makes sense, though. Like, he, like when he gets home, he hangs out with the, the ex-wife and the daughter as, for a little bit. And then he's like, okay, I'm bored. I'm going. Bye, guys. Very little. He spent like a revolving two revolving door. Yeah. Two-thirds of the year traveling, 250 days, traveled 15,000 miles in three months. I don't like traveling that much. He, Every couple of months, I like going somewhere. That's how he lived. Well, if you're getting paid to travel, then why not? That's a different story. Yeah. Of if course. I'm, if I'm getting laid and yeah. I'm getting paid, <laughs> then <laughs> game on. Then old Marky Post is hitting the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm racking up those flyer miles, baby. <laughs> Come here, JetBlue. Get over here. Get over here. So now let's take a JetBlue <laughs> flight to May 6th, 2018. Let's do it. Let's put in the jet sound. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain. Did a plane just fly through here? Went to <laughs> Bali, where, you know, people have been known to have a good time. He went yeah. to Bali's? Bali. Oh, Bali. Fitness. <laughs> the bankrupt <laughs> fitness Women's fitness center. <laughs> and he was in a bad mood. Wasn't enjoying himself. Because well, Bali's a nice place. Yeah. So he's in a real nice place, not having any of it. He's not even, you like, can they give him like a lamb heart or something to, to get him in the good mood? You know when you're in a bad mood and someone hands you a glass with an umbrella in it? Yeah. It somehow makes you feel worse? Yeah. <laughs> to so, keep the tears out of your drink? It's the old question. <laughs> when you're in a bad mood or feeling lonely, would you rather be in a shitty place yeah. or a cool place? Yeah. Yeah. Which makes you feel worse. You know, give him a rat's throat to eat or something to feel better because that's uh, pretty enjoy. A, be a beating cobra heart. <laughs> yeah, you go yeah, the cobra heart. That's what he likes. Or as he calls it, Aswasi. <laughs> should try being sad in downtown L.A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or North Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I am so glad I live in Toluca Lake. I'd yeah, rather be in yeah. Bali. Yeah. That's the slogan of North Hollywood, by the way. 
I'd rather I'd be rather in, be in Bali. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be anywhere else. I'd rather be in Korea. Too. <laughs> <laughs> On May twenty seventh, twenty eighteen, Bourdain made a trip to Florence, Italy, to spend more time with Asia, because he's kind of madly in love. Yeah, yeah, and he. I, it seems like an unhealthy infatuation with her. Very unhealthy. Sounds whipped. Whoa. <laughs> if you ask me. Kyle's a relationship counselor here. Yeah. Man, He's you are whipped. He's oyster whipped. Yeah. <laughs> On June 3rd, 2018, he flies to Strasbourg, France. And that was to film an episode of Parts Unknown, obviously. Yeah. He arrived there in a foul mood. Everybody noticed this. I wonder why. And on this same exact day, June 3rd, 2018. What happened? Paparazzi photos appeared in an Italian gossip rag called Key, spelled C-H-I. Sounds like the Chai. It's like the TV show on uh, <laughs> Showtime. Chirac. <laughs> yeah, Chirac. And in the, the photos showed Asia dancing intimately with a French reporter named Hugo Clement. And they were getting cozy in a Roman restaurant together. Really? So that's why Bourdain was in such a bad mood. Yeah. Same day those folks. You're allowed appeared. to fuck in a restaurant in Italy and it's just like legal, right? <laughs> it's encouraged. <laughs> it's encouraged. You get a free drink if you do that. You get a free Peroni. Get drink tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you choose pepperoni or Peroni. <laughs> well, I right now I just want to tell our listeners I'm actually drinking a Peroni right now. Which on the back it says it was bottled in Roma, so Ooh, I get a little Roma. Little, little taste of uh, Asia right here. It's a themed <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, themed. Yeah, and yeah. I'm drinking lizard guts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basking in meatballs in a, in a, in a kiddie pool. Yeah, <laughs> with a Bunsen burner underneath. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting hotter and hotter, guys. So let's wrap this up. On June fourth, twenty eighteen. Anthony Bourdain met up with good friend Eric Repair. Do you remember Repair? Of course. Repair. How could I forget? He introduced Bourdain to his second wife. Yeah. And mother of his daughter, Ariane. Yep. And Repair and Bourdain always had this friendly rivalry and kind of a brotherly horsing around relationship. Repair was very by the book, Michelin chef. And then Anthony would take him out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Michelin chef making tires <laughs> that our buddy in Italy was eating. Yeah, Tastes stealing, like a tire. Stealing and eating. <laughs> <laughs> to keep his family fed. <laughs> this tire is a chewy. <laughs> it's a gooey as well. It's a chewy and a gooey. So Bourdain and crew and Eric Repair, they're in the picturesque village of Kaisersberg, France. And one of the discussions they're filming turns dark. They're talking about choking on a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like Provincetown to me. <laughs> I've choked on a hot dog before. Whoa. I heard that about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In P-Town. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm West Hollywood. Or as Mark calls it, Peen Town. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you guys are. Hot dog heaven, he calls it. Roasting me here. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it Fire Island Light. Yeah. <laughs> he pushed his own head down on the hot dog. 
The me first. The me first movement. All right. <laughs> me next movement. <laughs> Will we have a clip? Would you really joke on a hot dog? No, I did as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. obviously you guys oh, don't I, care. But no, like, no, I'm very so- sorry to hear that. Yeah. Glad you're alive. But like Field of Dreams, like when that girl, uh, you know, she choked on a hot dog. Not like a, you know, a... 1918, uh, you know, doctor yeah. came out of the the. You guys don't feel the dreams. Field of dreams. Yeah. I want to hear how you survived. Um, I think my dad just punched me in the back and it came out. It <laughs> he just, didn't even know you were choking. Yeah, he was already boxing. <laughs> he was just hitting me. you with a cross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did it look like Ernest Borgnine in basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember that when he's choking on the hot dog and it keeps, keeps coming out, up, keeps coming up and down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I survived. Great. We're glad you did. <laughs> Welcome back to life. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Welcome back to wife. Hello. Please. Take, take my life, please. <laughs> we have a clip from the documentary Roadrunner. The director, a friend named Michael Steed, is recalling this final shoot. <laughs> a lot of friends with wacky names. A friend named Steed. Friends. Um, where to start? The kind of scenes that we had and what kind of shoot it was, you know, it was like Tony and Eric, lighthearted, funny. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Listen, man. And you me. <laughs> heard Mark's hot dog Probably story. Like four days in. Tony arrives and he is just palpably sort of like just angry. And the scene sort of, it takes a dark turn. Uh, they're talking about dying choking on a hot dog or something like that Been there. he kind of looks back at me and we kind of make eye contact in in my memory now it's very desperate jeez someone choked me with this hot dog <laughs> yeah i mean god so i don't have to watch this fucking movie anymore <laughs> or this tv show so what does he mean like it's like desperate like he hates he was he in hates a very, what he's doing he was a giving... disturbingly bad aura i think is emanating from bourdain at this point it's such a weird place to be to be that old you know not that he was old old but he was getting up 61 there. and and also like just pining for some girl that is just making your life crazy who he refers to as crazy italian actress yeah yeah he was signaling that he was done is what that guy is saying pretty much and he should have picked up on it but how the fuck are you gonna pick up on that it goes further this michael steed guy he tried to comfort Bourdain after that and mentioned the recent paparazzi photo saying like, ah, you know how those things go. It's just celebrity stuff. And then Anthony barked a little fucking discretion. And so then Michael's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And then Bourdain's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the paparazzi. So he was just totally lost he didn't anger. know who to be mad at. Yeah. yeah, thinking about these photos. Yeah, he's mad at the paparazzi for making him look bad. And he's mad at Asia Argento yeah. for making him look like a fool. Right. Well, he seems like someone that doesn't really act out. And like he had those days when he was a chef and like screaming at people for not doing their job right. Mm. And he knows that's not really a good path to go down because he, I'm sure as you see other chefs that just like like Gordon Ramsay that just fucking undress people mm-hmm. you know what by screaming at them and stuff he's like he doesn't want to be that boss anymore right but then he's just like who do i channel this anger at besides asia 
He was completely lost with his despair. And, and you can't really at yell point. at her because she's still getting over the whole Me Too thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That speech we heard at Khan, that's less than a month before this. Wow. Yeah. So, like, he can't really be like, where do you get off doing this? Because it's like a, he feels the, the in the air. It, I don't know. I don't know all these things he's thinking about and just, like, doesn't know what how to, like, what outlet to but what, what's important about that story, though, is that we have a guy confirming that he was very bothered by these paparazzi photos. Yeah. yeah. There's no speculation. Right. Yeah, he yeah, saw yeah. the photos. He knew about them. And he was pissed off. Yeah. On June 7th, 2018, Bourdain skipped dinner with the crew and turned in early in his room at the Hotel Chambad a five-star hotel slash converted 18th century mansion. It sounds good. Sounds like a nice spot. Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Shambad? <laughs> I don't know. Hotel Shambard. C-H-A-M-B-A-R-D. And Bourdain would have dinner every night with the crew, so this was strange. Yeah. And at this bistro at the hotel, they served all these specialized things that he loved, like foie gras and charcuterie. Charcucci board. Be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> beating Eelheart. We have your favorite beating Eelheart. <laughs> yeah. Pumping lizard dick. <laughs> we have your favorite most disgusting dishes in the world. <laughs> so he turned in early. And then on June 8th, 2018, Anthony, who was always punctual, that was a big thing with him. Remember, that was one of his rules, even, in the book Beyond Kitchen Time. Confidential. Exactly. Yeah. He was running late for breakfast. Not only that, but him and his friend Eric Repair were supposed to be filming at an outdoor market in nearby Strasbourg that day. So he's late for breakfast. He's also late to start the filming. And Repair is waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, he and a hotel staffer go up to his room. They go inside and they find Anthony Bourdain dead in the bathroom. He had hung himself with the belt from his bathrobe. Jesus. Jeez. The bathrobe has a belt. Yeah, it does. Yeah, those cloth belts. But they're like so stretchy, it seems like. That'd be a bad... Yeah. I guess they could hold some weight. Yeah. If he's a, he's a big boy. If we say anything. Yeah. You know, kudos to the, the makers of those, uh, you know, belts. Yeah. That's crazy. But it seems so abrupt, though. Obviously, there, it was leading up from other, you know, things mm-hmm. he was showing personally and stuff. But it just seemed like it, like that quick. And of note is that he's filming in France, a place we know from his stories that he reveres. Well, That's where he had his first oyster. Yeah. And he's hanging out with a very dear friend who introduced him to his second wife, of all people. This is a close friend. It's very odd to suddenly commit suicide during this time where he should be enjoying the break. He should at least be able to sit down with his friend and drink some good French wine and dine. I- I think also to play devil's advocate, I think he was just on a such a grand scale made to look like such a fool. Um, he felt like a complete. And now fool. he's filming more stuff in which he knows he's going to be in public knowing that this is what happened. And now he's like a fool and he's on mass media mm-hmm. that he's still filming now mm-hmm. and he has to pretend like everything's OK. Yeah. 
and not address it on the show. Right. French authorities told the Associated Press there's no element that makes us suspect that someone came into the room at any moment and that a medical expert had concluded there were no signs of violence or foul play. Really? This was all done very fast, by the way. Not to open any doors. And there was no suicide note, which is odd for, for such someone a who documents everything about his life. Descriptive writer. Yeah. To not go out with a suicide note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Friends, colleagues, and fans were devastated when the news broke out. President Obama tweeted, he taught us about food, but more importantly, about its ability to bring us together, to make us a little less afraid of the unknown. And I'll follow that with a tweet from Asia Argento. Oh, God. Who said, Anthony gave all of himself in everything that he did. His brilliant, fearless spirit touched and inspired so many, and his generosity knew no bounds. He was my love, my rock, my protector. I am beyond devastated. Not a moment of self-reflection at all no. from her. She doesn't seem to no, it's take just... responsibility. Yeah. Argento later <laughs> claimed that they had an open relationship. Yeah, okay. And what? that their hectic schedules stopped them from having a conventional couplehood. Bullshit. That's a bold statement after the guy kills himself because of you. You say, eh, we had an open relationship. Yeah. You know, just to save you. I think she's a sociopath. Oh, you, of course. Oh, you think? I think she's crazy. Like and the sky's blue. Not even just like a regular celebrity sociopath, <laughs> but like a fucking next level yeah. like murderer. And we have another clip from the documentary. <laughs> murderer, murderer, murderer. About <laughs> with reactions from people. Okay. This is Eric Repair right now. Repair? How do we come to terms with the fact that you can't repair it? Mm. That's something I don't speak about. <laughs> oh, he's a Frenchman. You know. Repair. Tony hasn't been all right for a long time. The amount that he David joked Cho. about the oh, end yeah, of his life. LA guy. He's been chasing that shit forever. Potato chips are stale. So depressed right now, I feel like killing myself. He's a fucking runner. I mean, he ran for a long time, but you're not going to outsmart pain. I'm pretty sure that pole will support my body weight. Well, if I can hang myself. And this is what I'm talking about when people tell on themselves. Mm. Anyone who's thinking anything that much, it slips that out. heavily, it comes out. Yeah. I think it pops into a lot of people's heads. And it's just like, since he knew how to do it. I mean, I don't know. John Lurie. He's a storyteller, for one thing. How does a storyteller check out without leaving a note? But I think in some regard... He was going to write his end. Helen Cho. What he did. That director. If you look at his last Instagram story, he played the title sequence music from the 70s film, Violent City. And if you've seen the film, you know that the beginning is a series of paparazzi photos of this couple. I mean, it's a revenge film. Oh, fuck. It's about this woman who betrays him and him seeking revenge. It's all there. I'm very cautious to be like, you blame the woman for like, you know, or blame the lover or blame the husband. Yes. You know, Tony killed himself. Tony did it. My brother committed suicide. 
I think if somebody else had been in his room, it might have been a murder and not a suicide. I think he was just in an explosive anger, and, and this was the only way out. So I thought that was a lot of interesting insights. Well, I, I feel from like people that knew him. That Cho director seemed really seemed to know what was going Helen on. Helen Cho. Yeah, she yeah. knew a lot more than other people because she's with him a lot more mm-hmm. and dealt with him face to face a lot more. Mm-hmm. She almost knew him better than he knew himself. And what what did she say? Because she can she, see him from the outside. She said it yeah. was Aja. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she seemed to. Mm-hmm. Right? So did um the director Michael Steed. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to blame. He was careful to say that I don't want to blame Asia, but because yeah. he killed himself, but that's implying, you know. Okay, yeah, definitely fucked up. Bourdain's mom claimed she never knew him to be suicidal. "Quote: He had everything: success beyond his wildest dreams, money beyond his wildest dreams." She sounds a little materialistic. Yeah, for real. Jeez. Well, some people say, oh, money doesn't uh, help with everything, but most things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things. Let's be honest. Between 2005 and 2019, there are at least 19 examples of him on video making allusions to suicide. He often experienced suicidal ideation. No attempts that we know of before. No. Interesting. And another factoid, those who struggle with addiction are six times more likely to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Bourdain told a friend his dream was to retire to an island, sit on the beach all day while a couple of nurses shoot him up with heroin. He was ashamed when recalling his first time shooting up. He said he looked in the mirror with a big grin. After he shot up for the yeah. first time? Jeez. In 2014, he said he was hesitant to call addiction a disease. So that gives you some more insight into his psyche. Yeah. He's at once ashamed of all this stuff and in some ways wears it as a badge of honor. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that was the edge that that kind of made him. You know, he just had that. You know, he could kind of conjure that edginess that really brought him down maybe in the end. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he just like he could welcome the dark side into something that was like family dining and Mm -hmm. stuff and like, you know, restaurants and things that are considered like good. Yeah, He brought some darkness to it. And I think in the end, it was just too much. Absolutely. And like a lot of addicts, he would trade one addiction for another. Yeah. For example, he got really into jujitsu for a while. I saw that. Yeah. I'm like. He got into it in such a bizarre way. Mm-hmm. And went, really into it. Yeah. Going to fights, matches, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, like trying it, to work his way up like the ladder. 60, yeah, and he's going to all these things. Yeah, working his way up. And I think. And just, he dropped that like a rotten hot potato. Just high octane people just need to focus on a lot of like things like that. Yeah. And like. I don't know what that is. I obviously I don't know what that is, but like and <laughs> in a lot of ways his role in the Me Too movement shortly before his death, that was another addiction that he was jumping to. Yeah. Hitting it hard. It's just like going after had... Hillary Clinton and like, you know, yeah. Harvey Weinstein and, <laughs> and all we're the getting to that right now, actually. Okay. Before that though, uh to get into the autopsy a little bit, it was never made public. Hmm. The toxicology report is that came common back. in France? In Europe, you know, they do things their own way. Sure. Remember the Amanda Knox case? Yeah. The toxicology report came back saying no narcotics were found in his system, only a trace of alcohol. 
Wow. And his friend David Chang said he would have preferred if they came back and said he was drunk. Yeah. Because then you'd find some meaning in it, a reason that it happened. Well, that guy, did you hear later on, that guy in the documentary, he was pissed at Anthony Bourdain because he said at one point Anthony Bourdain had the mean streak in him. And like he said, you should never be a father to that guy. Yeah, you'll what? never be a good father. You'll never be a good father. And the guy like breaks down fucking crying in oh, the documentary. Jesus. And it's just like, wow, this is like not all touching moment. It's all, it's some of it's kind of like weird shit where people like giving their grievances about Anthony. Maybe at the end, he just like was very pissed off and like lashing out at people. Wow. Yeah. And it's also one of those cases. He left behind a daughter who is now a teenager. Yeah. She's without a dad. It was an impulsive act that left a wake of destruction. I think it's impulsive in the respect that I don't think he knew it was going to happen that night in that hotel in France. But clearly he's been talking about it, thinking about it for a long time. But if you're starting to get mean to people, that's kind of like a lot of people's way of being okay with committing suicide because they push you away yeah. and be like, I don't want you to love me because if I know I have nobody, then I can easily do it. Yeah. It's like the end of White Fang when he's screaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> you had me. It, it's like no, you were luring us in, and then you threw out the right fang. No, weapons. you're white fanging people when like you explode and you say, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, get out of my life. Oh, because you know you're gonna die. Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. Them to go. Yeah. I I kind of get the white yeah. fang thing now. Or you're baltoing people. Is that what it was, Balto? No. I, you, you just wanted to compete with dog references? Yes. <laughs> you beethoven people. Yeah. Yeah. You're cujo people. No, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, but I think that's why my mom said he was very self-centered and like mm -hmm. an asshole because everyone has those ideations all the time. Life is shitty. It sucks. But not when you're a millionaire and, you know, chef. And it all this shouldn't stuff. be it that should, way. It yeah. shouldn't be. But maybe like I've I presupposed in the past, you know, some people think that all this success and all this stuff is going to make you feel better. And it never does. Doesn't. His suicide left all these lingering questions. What triggered his depressive episode? We kind of figured that out. Were his cortisol levels up due to all the traveling? Was he taking medication to help his jet lag and sleeplessness? There were rumors that he had been taking Ambien or Zolpidem. And that shit slows down brain activity, which is not good for people with mental health issues. Really? So there could have been a lot of factors leading to this. Hmm. After his death, we get to the chapter called Asia Controversy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the As if we haven't touched on it before. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the paparazzo who sold the photos to the Italian magazine of her with that other guy. Yeah. He said, if I had known, I would have stopped. A picture is not worth a life. If that triggered suicide, this would make me suffer. Yeah, right. Wouldn't any photo trigger something then if he's selling these paparazzi photos all the time? Yeah. I think he wanted a little publicity. For of course, himself. yeah, yeah he, exactly. So, someone oh, reached out. Good guy. Someone reached out to him, asked him for so, say something, and like he came up with that <laughs> nonsense. Who cares? I'm such a good man. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. He steals tires for his family. <laughs> Asia gave her first interview to Daily Mail in September 2018, and let's hear a little of that. They said I murdered him. People say I killed him. I understand that the world needs 
to find a reason. I would like to find that reason too. He was so deeply loved. There were allegations that you had not been faithful to Anthony, and of course people jumped on this. People need to think that he killed himself for something like this. He had cheated on me too. It wasn't a Whoa. problem with us. He was a man who traveled 265 days a year. How could he cheat on you if you had an open relationship? Liar! Pleasure in each other's presence. But we are not children. I cannot think of Anthony as... No, you're not children because you fuck children. Somebody who would do <laughs> an extreme gesture like this or something like that. What the I logic do doesn't really make sense. There, but I, I think the, the, it I was there. So much was... pain inside of him, <laughs> and I didn't see it. I did not see it. She didn't see his pain. I did not see it. So I only caused it. Around this same time, the New York Times published an article that detailed, wait for it, sexual assault allegations against. Asia Argento. What? From actor Jimmy Bennett, whom she had known for a long time. At seven years old, Jimmy Bennett played her son in the movie adaptation of The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things in 2004, which Argento directed and starred in. This movie was based on the novel by J.T. Leroy, another scam artist, but I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) <laughs> it's a woman that pretended to be a guy. Tootsie. Just one of the guys. A reverse Tootsie. Like just one of the guys, but really scammed Hollywood. They thought this JT Leroy was a real person, and it was all fake. I'm wow. obsessed with those stories. Like yeah, that. Look it up, JT Leroy. It's very interesting, but we can't get it. We're going to have to do a, a side podcast on the Patreon. <laughs> Ooh, baby. The movie revolves around <laughs> the chaotic life of a drug addict and her son. And if you want to click that link, there's a photo from the movie. Oh, my God. He kind of looks like the kid from... uh, Oh, my God! (laughs) From Big Daddy. (laughs) Yeah. That is so crazy you mentioned that. Why? Because Dylan and Cole Sprouse are also in that movie. Oh, fuck. Wow. Does anyone else think it's crazy he just said that coincidentally? uh, Well, me being the only other person here. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to myself. Studio audience. What do you have to say about that? (laughs) What say you? (laughs) According to Bennett, the incident in question occurred in a room at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina Del Rey in 2013, two months past his 17th birthday. Hey, now. Argento got him hey drunk, <laughs> performed fellatio, and then they had sex. She choked on a hot dog. By the way, <laughs> legal age of consent <laughs> in California is 18. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. yeah. So this is rape, is what you're saying. Statutory rape. Statutory yeah. rape, yeah. Later in the day, Argento posted photos of the two of them together. In one caption, she says that it was the happiest day of my life reunion with at Jimmy Bennett XO. Another reads, my son, my love until I will live. <laughs> until I will die. Does it say I would die? Assume. No, it says live, but I would guess that it she meant li- uh, die. Either way, she calls him her son. Yeah. And then... Bennett sent Argento a Twitter message about a month later that read, Miss you, mama. Mama. And click on that link for the photo that accompanied these messages. I miss your meatballs. So they're hugging. 
Yep. Son and mommy. 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 They Blow look me, like. Mommy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't it look like big sister or mom? The yeah. Way presenting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's. <laughs> Jimmy Bennett. By the way, could you come up with a more child actor sounding name? Jimmy Bennett. That's all. <laughs> Jimmy he's got, yeah, he's got, he's got like two paper roots. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Bennett said that one of the reasons he spoke up was because of that infamous New Yorker interview in 2018, where she talked about Weinstein. He said it stirred up memories for him and stated that the incident negatively affected his career. Asia responded saying, I am deeply shocked and hurt having read the news that is absolutely false. I have never had a sexual relationship with Bennett. She went on to say that Bennett was having severe economic problems and had asked her for an exorbitant amount of money to keep the story quiet. He asked for about $3.5 million. And get this. Are you sitting? I'm sitting. Are you sitting? I might be close to shitting. Bourdain, as in Anthony Bourdain, ended up paying Jimmy Bennett $380,000. Good but God. I heard, I heard Aja disputed that. She's the one that admitted it. No, she's, she's disputing that money was paid. Um, I see here he was reportedly paid $380,000 for his silence, but that has been disputed by Asia. Yeah, she said she, it's not true. This is from the article that references Bella Thorne, where Bella Thorne was like, I can't believe she's part of the Me Too movement. I want nothing to do with it if this Aja Argento is like spearheading this because she's full of shit. Hollywood Reporter is saying that um, according to a statement issued by her lawyer, Mark J. Heller, Bennett was paid 250 grand out of the 380 and will not receive any more of the money. And the bill was footed by Anthony Bourdain. So that's crazy enough. Okay, there we go. And full disclosure, Bella Thorne was producing Jimmy Bennett's music career at the time. Really? Wow. Which everyone knows was huge. Yeah, he blew up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He had that song, Old Town Road. (laughs) She was 37 when he was 17. Is that about Asia, the Old Town Road? Old Town (laughs) Road. The old linguini was about uh, <laughs> Aja Argento. Stinky fromage. <laughs> what, Kai, what were you saying? She was 37 when uh, Jimmy Bennett was 17 when she had sex with him. That's crazy. Yeah. 20-year difference. Called her the, and the gray parmesan. <laughs> you saw that. The hairy clan. <laughs> you saw that picture of them on the set yeah. from the movie. He looks like a baby. Yeah. I'm right. not saying that's when they did it. It's kind of but disgusting. They had this, yeah. That's when she thought about it. They had this relationship that was set up like she was like a mother. He groomed to him. him. She, she groomed him. Definitely groomed him. She groomed him. him. Yes. Yeah. That money was supposedly paid to Bennett with no NDA attached since that was the sort of thing that Argento had been vocal against because a lot of times NDAs are used to silence victims. But apparently there was an agreement that he would not release a damning photo that showed the two of them in bed together. Uh She said, quote, Anthony personally undertook to help Bennett economically upon the condition that we would no longer suffer any further intrusions in our life. Or embarrassments. Yeah, that's it. 
Like right there, that's the most insane thing. Look like, how much he went on a limb for her. And then he sees those paparazzi photos making him look like a fool. Yeah. And he's already put everything on he's the line emasculated. to become a Me Too activist. Yeah. And he knows now that she had sex with this minor that he's she groomed. He's getting cucked by like some fucking uh, paper boy. She and, said they never yeah, had sex. Okay, so Jimmy Bennett <laughs> came forward anyway and the photo was leaked. And Kyle has the photo open right now. This yeah. is. They are naked in bed together. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what's called a smoking gun. Yeah. yeah. Rose McGowan came oh, out in oh. support of Argento saying, none of us know the truth of the situation, and I'm sure more will be revealed. Be gentle. Yeah, but we do, though. So she, <laughs> everyone called her a hypocrite for that because she's supposed to be supporting victims. Yeah. And there she was basically saying, don't believe Jimmy. Yeah. Don't believe the child. This yeah. woman has been through enough. Rose McGowan is all over the map with with a lot. But for the most part, you know, I do feel for that she was yes, a victim at some point. Course. But then she went on just to go kind of crazy. You shouldn't start endorsing Republican candidates just <laughs> no. to get back at the Clintons. Chelsea <laughs> like, Gabbard's a good person, actually. <laughs> Text messages between Argento and a model named Rain Dove were later leaked. <laughs> Can we find a normal name in this the, fucking no, podcast? Never in the die pod world. <laughs> yeah, never. In the text message, Argento says, I had sex with him. It felt weird. I didn't know he was a minor until the shakedown letter. Later on, Argento's attorney admitted that the two did have sex, but claimed that Jimmy Bennett was the aggressor. Yeah, the child is the aggressor. Yeah. Like yeah. He was coming on real strong. That's what Bella yeah. Thorne was saying, blame the victim, all that stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I say Bella Thorne like I know who that person is. <laughs> <laughs> she was a Disney actress. I guess so, yeah. There. She sounds like someone I people know. I don't know. Good for her. Argento was promptly fired from X Factor Italy. Who knew they had an X Factor? <laughs> And she remained relatively quiet for a while until her allegations against Rob Cohen in 2021, oh. which we went over last week. Yes. Yeah. Now, real quickly, a theory. I know you guys love the blind items. Hell yeah. Let's hear We have a case for murder. What? <laughs> and don't judge. Murder. Don't judge murder this source. But I have some intel from newstreason.com. Legit. <laughs> yeah. B that rag. <laughs> they make the case. <laughs> Bourdain was at the height of his career. He recently tweeted about how happy he was. He had a daughter that he really loved. We've, we've addressed a daughter. Um, filmmaker Dario Argento, who is the father of Asia, yep. is a known Luciferian. Ooh, that is the... Uh... Church of Satan. Wait, what? And Not to be confused with Lutherans. Well, she had a Luciferian. lot of she has a lot of crazy tattoos that could be like you know um, satanic pen pentagrams. Yeah, satanic. You know. Yeah. I thought they were. It was just an Italian thing. Anthony Bourdain <laughs> had tweeted once, "Quote during the commercial breaks for Friends, the entire cast would chant." Hail Satan, hail Satan. Little known fact, I saw it in the internets. That's what Bourdain tweeted. Really? What the fuck? Wait, the, he's he's addressing his own show though. Is he being, Friends? No, he's talking about Friends, the sitcom. We're talking about like Matt LeBlanc, really? The, the central being a perk, Satanist. 
Holy fuck. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? And this... Uh, Could I be any more Satanist? This uh, <laughs> newstreason.com makes the case that Bourdain may have been aware of a lot of the satanic undercurrent in Hollywood. And Bourdain mm. also called out Clinton's operatives, Whoa. Trump's policies, and Weinstein's use of the Israeli private intelligence service known as Black Cube. I've heard about them, actually. Bourdain. Not to be confused with Ice Cube, who is black. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine if it was him. Triple X is real. That's so on the nose. <laughs> Where was <laughs> Argento posted a cryptic Instagram story around three hours before Bourdain's death was first reported. And it was a photo of herself wearing a T-shirt that read, Fuck everyone, with the caption, You know who you are. Bum, bum, bum. Hours after Bourdain's death, a blind item appeared on the blog Crazy Days and Nights. Quote, it was supposed to look like a murder-suicide that had been planned all along. The plan that had been in place since March. Then as she began to get more and more attention and acclaim, suddenly her schedule was too busy and she couldn't make it. Oh, she couldn't make an appearance at the murder-suicide? So she was supposed to be murdered too. Wow. For being so outspoken. Really? And she wasn't there. So, so is this the, the Clinton hit squad or something? This is still the uh, site newstreason.com. And now newstreason.com is diving into yeah. the crazy days and nights blind item. <laughs> if you love that bullshit, you're going to love this bullshit. I don't think anybody's schedules can outrun the Clintons. That's my <laughs> biggest problem is Argento would have been so easy to So easy. In yeah. Italy. Yeah, look at the born identity. They could they could take anyone easily. Out in Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the website claims operatives were supposed to kill both of them. His death. This is true. That it was quickly ruled a suicide, but and a little too quick. We've, we've I, I, it was pretty quick. Yeah. And CNN, home of parts unknown, yeah, was the first to break the story. Perhaps Bourdain knew the deep state antics that were going on behind the scenes at the network. Oh, wow. That's a that's a hot take. And a this web, quick. the <laughs> website states, this has George Soros and the Clinton <laughs> Foundation's <laughs> fingerprints all over it. The Clinton yeah. body count grows. And the website points out that Joe Rogan rushed (laughs) out to tow the mainstream media narrative by dismissing and ridiculing anyone who questioned the official story of Bourdain's death. Wow. Who doesn't have a hand in this? The is, final is Andy Dick involved? <laughs> the, yeah, he's yeah. holding the bathrobe. That is the final thing. Bourdain was at a party with Andy Dick in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> with the friends people. <laughs> <laughs> this is the um last point, conspiracy point. Another blind item alleges that France knew who the killers were and refused to extradite them as to not open a whole can of worms. Mm. So they were aware of the assassins. Wow. Final thoughts. Oof. What does one say? Blame it on Asia. Yeah. But don't blame it on her. No, blame it on her. Fuck her. She made an Asia of herself. She helped <laughs> the situation she, she escalate. She pushed that train along. Yeah, she definitely helped escalate. I don't know what her deal is. She's still walking free in this world, Mm -hmm. and she's totally fine. She's a fame whore who wants to be a victim. (laughs) 
like everybody else on Twitter. Kyle's got the scorch in his take. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you really feel about Argento? I know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I like the cheese better than her. Stinky <laughs> ass. <laughs> Bourdain's body. Oh, that's Sargento. <laughs> the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody loves Sargento. Yeah. <laughs> I had that's no follow-up comments behind. or questions. I was going let it, to let it slide. <laughs> Bourdain's body was cremated in France on June 13th, 2018. He died on the 8th. And his ashes were returned to the United States two days later. Le All, remember Le All? Le All, non pretentious. The restaurant. French yep. public house. The simple bistro. That sports pub. That, that, was, yeah. that was unpretentious where you can go watch a Bucks game. Sure. That became a shrine to his memory after his death. Really? Yeah, putting so flowers that, that, and notes. That's it, yeah. Well, that's where he that's blew where he up. started, yeah. yeah. Another tidbit, Bourdain found it enlightening to think about death a few minutes per day. And in the documentary, they have footage where he says that he had zero interest in what happened to his physical body after he dies. He says, I don't want to be seen. I don't want any party unless there's some entertainment value to it in a perverse or subversive way. (laughs) Quote, throw me into a wood chipper, spray me into Harrods in the middle of rush hour. I wouldn't mind being remembered in that way. Nice. I do the same thing, thinking about death a few minutes a day. You have to. Of course. It brings you back to reality. Yeah. That none of us are getting out. (laughs) We don't get out of this thing alive. So whatever you're stressing about, don't worry about it. (laughs) You're going to be dead soon. That's Kyle's corner here. (laughs) Kyle wants to tell you whatever you're stressing about out there. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. I don't want to be buried. I think that's the one thing I freak out about more than if there's an afterlife. If there's not, probably not. But if there is, uh, I don't want to be in the ground for the rest of my eternity. You don't want to be worm food. Yeah, I want to be burnt up. I would opt to be cremated or the wood chipper thing. (laughs) (laughs) Throw me in a wood chipper that's facing a kid's bouncy house during a birthday party. I want my body. Oh, God. (laughs) My body thrown off the Prudential the Tobin Bridge. No, no, the Prudential Building during lunch <laughs> time when all like these like ritzy fancy people are eating lunch out in the courtyard one. outside, mm. like on Newberry Street and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And my body just like boom, just all over the place. You know, ruins their Friday. I went on a Friday at one p.m. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a statement. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just a big thing around my neck that said, "You did this." <laughs> and just keep it as vague as possible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he, I love that for you. And I got no bottoms on. <laughs> Just a very tight T-shirt for some reason. Just a clam up your ass. Yeah, clam up my that ass. That shoots out as soon as you hit the pavement. What does it mean? There's a clam up his ass, boss. He died as he lived, <laughs> spilling his guts all over everybody. Yeah. Hey. Seafood in his ace. <laughs> my hot take is I'm pretty convinced that he committed suicide and it was a momentary decision, an impulsive decision. Yes. And it was brought on by severe stress and depression. Asiar Gentle didn't cause it. He had years of being. Yeah, he was already thinking about it. Yeah. So that's on him. But she certainly didn't help. No. Shout out to my friend Rose Crane, who thinks it was the ex-boyfriend of model Heidi Klum 
who killed him or so or had some involvement in it or something. Yeah, we were talking about this before the pod. Her theory is that he found Chris Cornell and also potentially was one of the first people that found Anthony Bourdain. And yeah, and he has some connection to maybe the Clinton Foundation. We could not verify any <laughs> yeah. of this information. If Rose or anyone else has any verification or anything you want to email us, you know, as always, we're at Death and Entertainment yeah. at Gmail. If Samantha or Sabrina can get on this case and uh, give us some background Please. here. Please. You mean Sabrantha? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a fact check. So she was saying that they were all working on a child sex trafficking documentary. Yes. Reuters did a fact check. Avicii, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, and Anthony Bourdain were not working on a child sex trafficking documentary and did take their own lives. There was uh, take that Rose, a representative for the documentary. The silent children told Reuters that uh, these four men did not work on the documentary in any capacity. So asked and addressed. I think someone who worked on the movie put that conspiracy out there so they could get shine on their own documentary and say, no, you know what? They didn't wow. have anything to do That's with like it. That's like a third degree hot take. So it's yeah. like that off of that, off of that, that people are just trying to yes. know, bing, bang, bang, boom, boom to get, you know, their own. It's if, a real documentary though that was made. Yep. What's it called? The Silent Children. Yeah. So if I had to guess, it was someone involved with the Silent Children that put that out there, and then they were allowed to comment publicly about it because Crazy. people were asking them about it and get more shine on the documentary. That's get like your shine the, box. That's your shine box. <laughs> that's like that. I don't fuck kids anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> you know, you've been splattered all over Newberry Street for a while. I don't shine kids no more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> so everyone out there, uh, hang tight and <laughs> hang thank tight. you for listening. <laughs> Not yeah. a good thing to say about a guy who hung himself. Oh, God. Oh, I, was, I swear I wasn't thinking that. Jesus. I, oh, you guys will never believe me that I wasn't thinking that. Yikes. Wow. You, bad choice of words, Alejandro. Not cool, man. Ooh. Hang in there, baby. That ain't cool, man. Yes. Hang loose. Oh, Mark. Don't hang it all. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. We're out of here. <laughs> and who needs robes? You know? Yeah. Nobody. I don't fuck with robes. Yeah. Don't fuck with robes. <laughs> yeah, is that your new single? <laughs> that, that, that's his new documentary <laughs> yeah. coming up. Of the Alejandro story. I don't fuck with robes. Okay. Yeah, we have uh, another conspiracy to talk about on the follow up which has to do with Anthony Bourdain and Jeffrey Epstein. So you're going to have to come back for that. Yeah. And that's uh, going to be a juicy boozy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A juicy Lucy. <laughs> um, but yeah, as always guys, uh, we're at death and entertainment on Instagram and uh, Spotify, and iTunes, leave the reviews. Give us five stars, please leave the fucking reviews and good ones, but also five stars and just a couple nice words to say what you mean. You know, yeah. mean what you say, mean what you say. And don't be mean. Yeah. And don't be mean. Die Pod twenty twenty one is still our Twitter, and we're uh, you know we're doing it. Okay. Yep. Capiche? And you're listening. Yes, you, you are. You better be. If you aren't, we're gonna send the Clintons after you. <laughs> you we're gonna Hillary. get George Soros <laughs> on your ass. We got the Hillary Hit Squad coming after you. That's right. Ooh. Good luck to you. Later. Bye. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movie's 
Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.